Everybody, welcome to Sunday service. We are here in November 8 p.m. Arizona time. Cody has good lighting today. This is the first time Cody's had good lighting, guys. Give him some love. Let him know. Um, by the way, guys, we are uh, trying something new. We are only streaming on um, YouTube from now on. We're going to try that out. Uh, we find that um, we get a lot of people. Um, last week, for example, we ended up getting 350 people watching live. And it was scattered between multiple locations. So while we're trying to educate people on creative finance, because Cody and I are doing a tremendous amount of creative finance, wholesaling, fixing, and flipping, the most important part of the show, in my opinion, is getting everybody to squat up with each other. So if at the end of the day, you're scattered between multiple Facebook groups and multiple YouTube streams, it's going to be really hard for you to squat up with each other. So we're changing up the way we operate, and we are only going to be streaming through YouTube for the next couple of months to see how that goes. We want to make sure that there aren't people that are posting in there saying, hey, um, you know, they have a really good question, but their name is Facebook user because they haven't registered with StreamYard, um, which is our servicing or probably our sorry, our streaming software. It's just way easier through YouTube. And so we're going to continue to um, work the Facebook group. We're going to continue to post all the links and all that kind of stuff. But when we go live, we are only going live in YouTube. So let everybody freaking know that Sunday service, number one, Sunday service is not a religious podcast. We get a lot of people that are like, oh, sorry, man, I'm not religious. I'm not going to show up. <laughs> um, it's not about religion at all. It's just us on Sunday giving service back to the community and taking time away from our family to work with you guys, answer your questions live. And so you'll see that there's really only two streams going on right now. We've got Cody's YouTube channel, which I suggest you guys subscribe to. And we've got my YouTube channel, which I have not made a unique video to my YouTube channel in all three months, um, but that's going to be fixed. We hired a full-time videographer to go to every single property that we buy. And we're going to be doing a lot more case studies coming up, a lot more real deal episodes coming up, et cetera. So looks like we're going to have a really amazing 2021. Um, that being said, I also want to talk about something pretty amazing. Cody and I made a decision recently that we are going to hire a full-time underwriter. And that underwriter is going to be helping everybody underwrite their deal. So I see that people in the creative finance Facebook group are, you know, they'll post a deal and then I'm not available. I'm traveling. Cody's building our businesses. And so somebody's not available to answer that question about, hey, is this a good deal? How do I structure this? How do I talk to the seller, et cetera? And so Cody and I are hiring a full-time employee to underwrite deals for the creative finance Facebook group to encourage people to do more deals. Um, so they'll basically be in the Facebook group and also every morning they will go live. And their job is to talk about deals that we are underwriting and by ourselves. And then more importantly, underwriting deals for you so that you guys understand exactly how to go out and get deals done. So guys, do me a favor. If that is valuable to you, please make a comment in the chat. Let me know if that's something that would be valuable and tell me why that would be valuable. 
And then also tell us what you think we should um, have that person do. When should they go live? How will that help people? Um, we were doing it Mondays, but um, it was kind of sporadic here and there, but now it's going to be a full-time thing. So does everybody think that's a good idea? We've got a, 87 people between our two YouTube channels watching. I told you we'd have a lot less viewers, bro, when we went straight to YouTube. It, it would be a problem. Oh, yeah. People just need, to, need a chance to be able to find it. I'm posting in a couple of the groups right now to let people know. Awesome. So um, Michelle Sidney says, does it matter the location? No, our job here, what is our job? Why did Cody and I do this? We do this to help you guys. So um, it doesn't mean we're going to buy your deals. It doesn't mean that we're going to work the deals with you. It just means we are going to help you understand whether it's a deal or it's not. We're going to let you understand how to underwrite and how, what does underwriting mean? It means comp, right? We don't, typically use the word comp. We use the word, Hey, will you underwrite this deal for me? So we are going to help you guys determine whether your wholesale deal is good, whether your fix and flip deal is good, whether your creative finance deal is good. And that's the value that we're trying to bring to the table for you guys so that you can continue to build your business and do deals with each other. Now, if somebody wanted to do a deal with Cody and I, there are states that we want to do deals in. Cody, what states does your mind tell you, you that we want to do deals in? Uh, I mean, Arizona, Florida, Georgia. I mean, those are the those are the three that come to mind right off the bat. And then actually Texas as well. Love it. Love it. So Fernando Miranda says, only students. So Fernando Miranda, um, no, we are going to underwrite in the Creative Finance Facebook group for everybody. You don't have to be a sub two student to get our team to underwrite deals for you. This is something um, my students know that I'm a go-giver and it's my job to give. Give, 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 give. So we are going to help out um, with students and non-students alike. Um, just giving access to, um, yeah, you know what? Happy Pet says, honestly, Instagram as well with TikTok growing extremely fast with a lot of teenagers like myself that are very interested. Yep, 100%. But unfortunately, we can't really stream to Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So how about Utah? Tactical Wealth. Tactical Wealth, we will underwrite and help you guys understand whether your addresses, your sellers, et cetera, um, are good deals or not. But it doesn't mean we want to do those deals with you. Um, we are only really buying in areas. Cody, say those areas again. Arizona, Florida, Texas, Georgia. Yep. So those are the only four areas that our team is currently buying. We will help you JV those areas. We will also buy air deals in those areas and we will fix and flip. But let's say I'm in Connecticut and I have a deal. I'm talking to a seller and I don't know if it's a good deal or not. And I don't know um, what price I should be trying to get it locked up at. Our team will at least help you with that. That is the goal. Um, so that person starts in about two weeks. Um, Tactical Wealth says, I thought there was a Keegley in Utah. There is not a Keegley in Utah just yet. Um, Robin Hurt, um, I'm, not paying, I'm not a paying student and I know you guys are givers. Yes, Robin, that is our job. Um, just one person going to handle that onslaught of deal questions. Silver scales of what's up? There will be a funnel to handle it. Yeah, there's a funnel. I mean, um, primarily it's going to be somebody going live for about two hours every single morning 
and just giving value to the Facebook group and, um, you know, underwriting deals all day long. It's not that, like, it's not that they're going to underwrite every single address that comes to them because the reality is people will go, Hey, what, what, like, here's the challenge. Brand new investors don't know what they don't know. And so what will happen is the, the show that we do every day, um, the underwriter will essentially have a system where people will submit 30, 40 addresses. And then that person will go through and show you guys how to underwrite, show you how to comp and tell you what our deals and what the purchase prices are. Um, and so watching other people get their, their answers um, to their questions will also educate the masses, right? So that is going to be pretty cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Darren Talcott, if there's anything, I, any way I can help, let me know. Darren, I probably will reach out to you. He, Darren is like uh, also um, an amazing integrator, systems oriented, very, very cool stuff. Happy Pets. I'm 19, looking to form a team in Los Angeles. I'm newer to this, but I'm willing to kick some ass. Happy Pets, what I would do is I would reach out to students of Sub2. There's a lot of students in California that will be really, really good for you to reach out to to get some help, okay? Devin Carter. Not only will you will that help with the disposition, Devin, good hanging out with you this weekend, brother. Really, really good. But you are telling someone exactly what to get the contract for. Epic. Yeah, that is our goal. We really want to bring value to people and um, we want to change the game. Adam Quat, personal finance videos. Hey, Pace, I own three properties. I acquired sub two. My accountant wouldn't let me write off depreciation this year. Do you get to write off depreciation on your sub two deals? Yes. If you, Adam, have bought those on sub two and then sold those on a wrap, that would be a good reason why you can't get depreciation on those. Okay. We depreciate every single property we have. In fact, Cody and I did a video a couple of weeks ago all about the seven benefits of creative finance and benefit number one for buying sub two is depreciation for us. We just had a call with our accountant, Dustin. Uh, I don't know. Was that a week ago? I think so. Yeah, it was about a week ago. And um, Cody and I will be tax-free in 2020 based on the depreciation on all of our homes, um, allowing us to essentially make I mean, we've got just in our fix and flip operation, how much money do we have coming in in our net profit on our fix and flip operation between November, like today and the end of the year? Um, just under 400000 Just under $400,000. That's pretty epic. So we'll make about $400,000 just in our fix and flip operation. That's not including our wholesale operation, our sub two operation. That's not including um, all of our other businesses. We own title companies. We own other things. And at the end of the day, we're not, Cody, neither Cody nor myself will make, pay any federal income tax based on the depreciation on our sub two property. So yeah, Adam, I think you just need a different CPA. Um, how do you, how do we bring Cody? How does somebody bring us a deal? I mean, I would say, cause we were doing the podio link when we had someone in that department. So we'll have a podio link available in two weeks, but for now, uh, if you have a deal in Texas, Georgia, or Florida, you could send them to our dispo guy on our team, Jeff. I'll put his number in the comments here, Henry. Please don't text him tonight because it's 7, 12, and he's probably with his family. But hit him up tomorrow, and he'd be happy to take a look. 
Cool. So um, here we go. Curious if you think lease option dispo approach is much better or worse than a contract for deed. I think a lease option is a way better way to go. The reason why I think lease options are a way better way to go is because, sorry, Cody, I removed you from the, the feed and then I brought you back in. Your internet's a little bit laggy, just FYI. Um, so Lee, the, the reason why I, I'm not a big fan of contract for deed is because if you are, they're completely two different strategies, to be honest. And I know you know that. You're a super smart guy. I appreciate your, your love and support for the show. Um, pro equity. This is such a great question. Cause it's Why? a communist state that you can't evict anyone from forever. So pro equity cash buyers, let me ask you a question. If you have 50 States that you could buy and hold property and forget about sub two, forget about creative finance, any buy and hold strategy. Okay. If you had 50 States to choose from, would you choose California even in your top 20 or 30 States to own buy and hold real estate in, whether you buy it through subject to, or whether you buy it through seller finance, or whether you buy it through the Burr method, or whether you even buy it cash. Do you really want to own real estate and be a landlord in a state like California? Let me ask you that question. Forget about sub two. You tell me, is that a state that you want to buy and hold real estate in? Okay. You tell me. Um, so guys, look in the side chat, by the way, we gave you Jeff Dwyer's cell phone. He is our disposition rep, okay? What he does is he helps underwrite deals for people currently, and we buy deals in Arizona, Texas, Georgia, and Florida currently. But I want to get back to um, Lee Winter's question because it was a really, really good question. So Lee Winter's asked, why would you go with a sub two, or why would you go with a contract for deed versus a lease option? Well, a, a contract for deed, you essentially have already financed that buyer. Okay? You've already financed them. They don't have to get qualified at any point. I imagine they've given you a much larger deposit. It's not even the same buyer. It's not even close to the same buyer. A, con a buyer that has contract for deed is coming in with 10 to 15% down. A lease option tenant is coming in with five to $7,000 as an option fee. They're completely two different demographics of people. Okay, not even close to the same person. Um, and it also is a very different strategy of what you're trying to accomplish. Why do we want lease options? We want lease options because what happens in lease option is that our tenants have five years to go and get their own loan and pay us off. So we know that at the end of five years, one of three things is going to happen. One, our tenant will go out and get their own loan, buy the property from us, and then they will, we will get a chunk of money that we will then 1031 into an, uh, probably two, maybe even three properties. So we'll grow our cash flow. Number two, our tenant doesn't get qualified for a loan and we extend their lease option for another five years, which means we get another option fee we get to extend the, the, or we get to raise the purchase price, raise the rent, et cetera. Or number three, they move out and then we do um, the same thing with somebody else. Okay. Lease option is, in our opinion, the dominant exit, exit strategy nationwide. Now, if you're in Texas, there's a lot of people that teach people. Um, there's a lot of people that teach in Texas all about seller finance. And the reason why most Texans are doing seller finance is because lease options are a little challenging in Texas. Okay. So, um, 
Yeah, look at this. Uh, California is for, number 49 in front of only Hawaii LMO. That LMAO, that's freaking hilarious. So Garrett uh, R says, I'm confused about why depreciation is valuable. Isn't appreciation of what you strive for? Am I misunderstanding a part of this? Yeah, Garrett, those are two non-competing things, okay? Depreciation is a tax code, okay? You can, you can describe depreciation in two different ways. Depreciation means you're losing value on a property, okay? Or let's say I buy a car and I drive that car off of a car dealership lot immediately that car depreciates in value. It's no longer worth what I bought it for, right? Now, the depreciation we're talking about is not that, okay? The depreciation we're talking about is number two, which is a tax law that allows, the, the IRS allows you to write off the, um, essentially, they, they put it in the tax code that says in 27 and a half years, your property will be worth $0, I know it's very interesting and it's very confusing, but go watch a longer form YouTube video on this. You can basically, let's say, um, if I buy a house for $250,000 today or buy and hold, that means I can take a $9,000 tax deduction. It's called depreciation every single year for the next 27 and a half years. It's a tax law. Okay, It doesn't mean my house is actually losing value. It's that the IRS acknowledges that it is that basically on paper that it's losing value and they allow you a tax write-off against your properties. Okay. We also get appreciation and depreciation at the exact same time. So if I bought a house this today for 250,000 and next year's worth 260, I also got the depreciation from the IRS that allowed me to make money in my wholesale operation, but I didn't have to pay any taxes. Okay. Um, Absolutely. That's my job. My job is to give you very detailed responses. Cody's internet is total shit right now, by the way, guys. Cody, you're like, you look like a frozen person. Your Wi-Fi is horrible. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, you keep, you keep really freezing. Moving. I need a referral to someone else at Cox internet because I, I don't understand it. Well, you're, you're okay right now, but I, I just, I see you freezing. So, um, I'm staying away from asking you too many questions because I don't want you to freeze up too much. Tactical wealth. So a sub two on a home for a lease option. When you buy out in five years, does the seller get a chunk of money at the five-year mark or do you keep giving the seller payments over time? Um, no, the seller is completely gone at that point because the seller, I bought the house from the seller five years ago. The seller is not involved in this transaction anymore. I bought the house sub two. I'm the owner. The seller is completely gone. I'm the owner. Okay, the, the chunk of money comes to me. All right. So um, when that essentially what happens, let's say we've got a property. Um, we bought a house on on we bought a property on Cottonwood recently. We paid two fifty for that house. The house is currently worth two fifty, and there's the seller doesn't have any equity in it. There, we're basically taking the house over. We get a lot of houses just like this, so we're taking the house over. We're going to sell that house on a lease option for $299. So we will have a $50,000 piece of equity when our tenant buys the house from us in five years. We'll get a $50,000 chunk of money along with cash flow for the next five years. Okay. So um, 
Yes. Tim Krause. What a great answer that is, by the way. Tim Krause says, appreciation is hoped for. Depreciation is guaranteed. Um, yeah. And depreciation is a tax, tax code, not me losing money. So um, tactical wealth, hopefully that makes sense, but the seller is no longer involved because we bought the property subject to, we closed escrow and we took deed to the property. Okay. We control the property. We are the owner. The seller is no longer involved. We have, we have houses for years and the, I don't even remember the seller's name. They're not involved. They don't get payments every month. None of that stuff. Okay. Claudio says, what are your thoughts on the ethics of wholesaling? Is it okay to make as big of an assignment fee as possible or should you ever draw a line? What a great question. Cody, you want to answer that one? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's ever, you know, really a line that you have to draw for how much you should be making. I mean, you know, the reason that we make money as wholesalers is because of the size of the problem that we're solving. Um, I think there's an ethic, you know, uh, that you could be looking at if you're intentionally trying to price drop and take advantage of a seller. I think that's not right. But I think if you're, you know, like we got a really good deal on a property uh, on Arbor, you know, that one from a couple of weeks ago, and that wasn't something that we tried to finesse or, you know, just push the seller down on price. It was, you know, looking at, you know, talking to the seller, seeing what number they wanted to move forward with. And if they come up with a number that works for us to move forward with, of course, we're going to do that deal, right? So I, I think it, it's your intention more than the the price that you're, you know, trying to get the deal for. It's the intention. And, you know, if you're trying to be shady, if you're trying to be slimy, like there's, you know, uh, people in, you know, in Arizona, we know guys that do that. And, you know, that's, we don't, uh, you know, really associate with people like that because it's not the right thing to do. Our job is to solve a problem. And if we can make a good spread of money while doing that, great. But we're not going to intentionally try to take advantage of any seller ever. Love that. So King Edward says, in a lease option, does the option fee serve as a down payment? And do you need specific paperwork to show the lender? Um, so no, you should never, ever, 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 ever use the lease option fee as a down payment because it is not a down payment. A down payment means that you are financing the home to them. You are not financing the home to them. You are simply giving them a lease with an option to buy it from you at some specific point in the future. Okay. So if you take an option fee from them, that option fee is only meant to reserve the price at a future date. Okay. It's two separate documents. Okay. You've got the lease agreement and you've got the option to buy it at some point in the future. In order for them to get access to that option, they need to pay you a fee. And typically our fee is seven to, you know, sometimes $12,000, somewhere in that range. But it really at the end of the day is just a lease. So there is no down payment. It shouldn't be paying down a, a, a purchase price or anything like that because it is what is called inferred ownership. So now at the end of the five years, right? So let's say I give them a five-year option and they have an option to buy this property from me, from me for five years. At the end of that five years, what if they can't get qualified and they can't go get a loan and they can't buy the house from me and I have to kick them out of the property? But then they go back to their paperwork and the option fee that you took from them is looked at as a down payment. They can go to an attorney, which has actually happened to me, and they can say, this guy told me it was a down payment 
and that he was going to finance me. Okay. Now, Clive, uh, Clive, have you reached out to the sub2.com students? If you go to the Creative Finance Facebook group and you say, who is a student of sub2.com? You will get a lot of students in Tampa. We have a lot of students in Florida and those are those students are trained by me 20 hours a week. In fact, Cody and I just had a secret mastermind. That was, bro, you did a really good job yesterday, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You did as well. I think it, I think it was great. Super happy to hear how happy everyone was at the end of it. Yes. Um, it's Noble says, how do you ease the seller's anxiety over non-performance and or, or due on sale clause? We tell them exactly how we handle the due on sale clause. Cody and I have actually had the due on sale clause, call, clause called on us. I have had students had the uh, due on sale clause called on them. It is not a big deal as long as you understand how to handle it. It's a very simple process. And so we walk them through and we say, hey, it can and will happen to probably about 1%, maybe a little bit less of all loans that we buy subject to. And we know how to handle every single one of those due on, those due on sell clauses. So as you educate the seller on how that is handled, the seller goes, oh, wow, that's it. That's all that happens. Um, a lot of times we'll show them a letter from our attorney who has handled due on sell clauses for us and it eases their minds. Pretty simple stuff. Um, Troy says, I purchased a commercial property under a bond for deed in 2019. Will I have tax benefits from its depreciation? Yes, you will. If you are the owner of the property, you have fee title and equitable title. You have tax depreciation. Yes. Pinto, what happens to a lease buyer if they don't execute the lease option? Cody, I'm going to let you answer this one. Can they renew a lease option? And is, is it the 30-day repair warranty still valid? Yeah, so it's going to depend what you uh, mark up in your paperwork with that individual lease buyer. But what you want to be looking at is if you have any extension clause within your paperwork. For us, we're going to offer for another option fee to extend if, they're, if they have a desire to do that. Um, otherwise, you know, we could, we either at that moment choose to give them notice that they need to move and we're going to find another lease option, uh, potential buyer, or they're going to pay another option fee to extend, or they're going to execute. I mean, those are really the only options they're going to have and the repair warranty. There's no repair warranty. We do it for the first 30 days so that if they have any major issues in the first 30 days of moving into the property, we'll take care of it. Um, I mean, it's happened where we've had AC units go out and different things like that. We handle it. We take care of it. We make sure they're happy. After that, it's on them. Love that. Um, let me read some of this stuff. Hey, look. Um, is a lease option, in a lease option, is the rent above average? Cody, Cody, what's the answer to that? By the way, Paula Finlayson is one of our private lenders. Paula, good to see you in here. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, typically your rent is going to be above average rent price when you do a lease option because you're typically going to get a, uh, you're getting a premium because you're offering a product that not everyone else is able to get access to. When you go to find a property for rent, you know, maybe out of a hundred properties that are for rent, you might find one or two that are going to do a lease option. So you're offering a premium product, a premium service to the public. So you're going to get a premium rent rate. Love it. Um, okay. So Jared Franco, my guy, how you doing, Jared? Jared is a great guy. 
I am in Lubbock, Texas. I got a 0% um, owner finance deal, 5K down at 56 cents on the dollar, $250 a month for eight years, 150 ARV should rent for $2,200 a month. This stuff works. Jared has been following us for a long time, learning this stuff. He is awesome guy. Um, Gary Carpenter, when you acquire a house with seller financing, are the closing costs the same as getting financing traditional lender? Also, how do you handle interest rate of this kind of deal? So Gary, typically our owner finance deals are primarily, I would say 60, not primarily, but 60% or more of our seller finance deals. Okay. 60% or more of our seller finance deals or owner financing, whatever you want to call it, um, are 0%. We name the, the seller names the price. The seller then says, if I can get this dollar, this amount of money per month, I'd be happy to um, basically lend this to you at 0%. There has been so many seller calls that I have shared. There have been so many recorded conversations um, in our Creative Finance Facebook group that I've shared with me closing seller face-to-face in their living room, recording it on my phone, and then sharing that recording to that Facebook group that you can hear exactly how we close sellers in that situation. Now, closing costs. This is an interesting conversation because technically, um, first off, traditional getting financing through traditional lending is trash. And the reason for that is because it's not just the closing costs, it's also the lender fees, their appraisal fees, they're all that kind of stuff, right? We just got charged um, appraisal fees. We're doing the Burr method. Burr method sucks, by the way. Anybody that's doing the Burr method knows how crappy the Burr method is. Um, Burr method's horrible. It's a horrible method. If you're learning the Burr method and you think that that's a cool method, um, rethink it. Do not, don't, the Burr method is a waste of your time. Not only am I paying for appraisal fees, I'm paying for their funding fees, their transaction fees, all that kind of stuff and points on the loan. Then I have closing costs. Okay, so let's, let's forget about all the junk fees that you have to pay for to get a traditional lender. Let's talk about the, tra- the fact that a traditional lender in a buy and hold scenario is typically going to be five and a half to seven and a half percent interest. The majority of our seller finance deals are between zero and 1.5. Cody, that one on Morrow, that's a seller finance deal? Yeah, 1.5% interest. 1.5%. Guys, go to my Instagram story today. You'll see a property that my wife and I went to today to just change out the lockbox code. Um, and the house there is 1.5% interest rate. So, if you're using traditional financing to buy long-term rentals, you are missing out. You are you do not understand the the power of what we're doing here. So um, throw that all out to the side. The fact that you get way higher interest rate on traditional financing. Okay, number two, you have to pay for all those junk fees, appraisals. You have to you have to basically go through the birth strategy and stabilizing the rent. You got to show your firstborn. You got to pull your credit. You got to do all that kind of stuff. We have never, Cody, has anybody even asked us for like a PL of our business when we do seller finance deals? No. Nothing. Never, 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 not once ever has a seller ever asked us for a PL, bank statements, credit of any kind, appraisal costs, or anything. So take that all into consideration. I don't know why you would ever get traditional financing on a home. It's the freaking worst. But Let's just talk about closing costs. 
If we are going to do closing costs on a seller finance deal, you know what we can do is we can completely avoid a title company and you can typically just do close of escrow with probably a couple hundred bucks. If you really wanted to, you could go you could just do a deal directly. You could get grab the deed, pull a preliminary title report from the title company. Our title company will do it for free. Um, title Alliance of Phoenix will do it for free for us. We then will go down and transfer the deed for 60 bucks. So you could technically in an owner finance, seller finance situation, you can buy that house with zero closing costs or at least the, hundred, the closing costs would be under a hundred bucks. So, um, but really, really good question, Gary. Really good question. Cody, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, so as far as figuring out what to charge on a lease option, um, when it comes to the rent, we're typically gonna charge about 10% over market rent uh, as far as what, you know, for the rent rate. And then when it comes to the purchase price that they need to execute it at when they're going to execute that option, they're going to need to typically we'll set it up, uh, you know, assuming the market's going to appreciate three to 4% a year. And then that times however many years. So if we do a three year option, we're typically going to add a premium of, you know, three or 4% of whatever the value is today uh, uh, over three years and then set that as the purchase price. So that's what we'll set the purchase price for the rent, typically about 10% over market rent value. Um, and, and then for the option fee, we don't do high end properties that are like $500,000 or more. So all of our option fees are typically anywhere, like Pace was saying, seven to $12,000. Um, kind of the average that we see is that seven to $8,000 range is very common for a lot of our option residents. And the properties that we primarily buy and do these on are properties that are worth anywhere from $200,000 to $300,000. Love that. Thank you, Cody. So Lee Winters, performance deed. Heard you talk about that at the 10-hour mark in the, the marathon. Is that a thing that's different from a security deed or just you how you explain it to the seller? So, so a performance deed is something that we created with our attorneys. Um, it's something that a lot of creative finance guys that have been around for 20, 30 years haven't even thought of. It's something we thought of. And yes, it's something we explained to the sellers. However, I do not train the sub two students to get into a conversation with sellers or around the performance deed because we call it painting seagulls in somebody's drawing. So we try not to give the sellers too much information too quickly. Obviously, they have all the disclosures, but I've had students that were having a hard time closing um, creative finance deals and it comes to find out it's because when the seller asked a question of, um, well, how do you protect me in this situation? They would jump into the words performance deed, performance deed, performance deed, and it would just overwhelm the seller. We very rarely go into to deep specific detail. Um, if they ask, we go into more detail, but everything's disclosed. It's in the paperwork. And we just basically tell them, Hey, we're structuring the paperwork to protect you. And here's how it happens. If we fail to pay the, make the payments, we avoid you having to go through foreclosure by using these pieces of paper. That's it. We try not to get into performance deed uh, conversations because it confuses people. Um, Ooh, this is such a great question. Joseph O'Boyle. Rule number one to create a finance, write this down, everybody. We have 165 people roughly watching. Um, 
about half of our normal rate. We usually get about 320 to 350 people, but because we are only streaming on YouTube now, we're going to get a little bit less viewers for a couple of months until people just catch up to speed in terms of where we're at. But um, rule number one to creative finance is always cash flow. Rule number two is don't put your brain in somebody else's head. So Joseph, who's a real estate investor or an aspiring real estate investor, um, is asking why would a tenant do something? Well, millions and millions of people do lease options, but I'm going to tell you exactly why people do that. Okay. Number one, because they can't get qualified for a loan. Number two, instead of them going and um, renting a property, who's renting properties in here? Throw up your hand or say, I am. Okay. Um, if you're renting your property, typically the rental that you're renting is a year, maybe 18 months, sometimes two, and very rarely you have a three-year lease. Okay. Um, very rarely you have a three-year lease, but most of the time it's a two-year lease or, or less. Now, what happens? Okay. We had um, a student recently in one of our masterminds said, absolutely, because I want to answer this question. They said, absolutely. My, my landlord in the last three years or my landlords in my last three years have forced me to move three times because they can sell the property or they can choose to raise the rent every single year. So a lease option rejects or removes the ability for the landlord to raise the rent every year right? It's a locked in rental rate for five years. And then also it extends the lease to a longer period of time to give that lease option tenant a longer period of time to go out and get a rental. So people want, you know, they have kids, they have jobs, their local bar is around the corner, whatever it is, they get their roots established in that area. People hate having their landlord raise the rent, sell the house, especially in the last three or four years, as the market has appreciated like crazy, landlords are moving their tenants out of the property. So a lease option tenant is willing to pay an option fee for the option to buy the property, extend the, uh, extend the lease for up to three to five years and lock in a rent rental rate and lock in a purchase price to protect themselves. It happens all the time. Thank you, brother. I, we, we really do appreciate the love, guys. Yeah, Lee Winters, that marathon that we did, the 16-hour marathon. Somebody asked me the other day, how, do you, how were you going to the bathroom? You stood there for 16 hours. Guys, I, have a, I was wearing a diaper the whole time. Okay? I was wearing a diaper the whole time. Um, okay, so here you go. Tech Chang, hopefully that, that answered your question previously. Cody, do we raise our rental rate yearly for our lease options? We have set that up on a few of them, but we haven't done it on all of them. I mean, the ones that are going to be there for two years, we, we haven't set it to do it over two years. But the ones that we have options for five years or seven years, we do have an increase where it's set. It's a 5% automatic increase in the rent. Love it. So Deshaun says, I got one in Lancaster, California. Seller wants 275 of his property, ARV 280. He's open to terms. Just need to explain willing to squat up. Okay, Deshaun, you need to find sub2.com students. Okay. I have a tremendous amount of students in Southern California, Lancaster, Palmdale. Actually, I used to spend summers there. My mom is Mrs. No, my mom is um, Miss Palmdale. 
when my mom was 18 years old, she was a beauty queen and she was Palmdale Lancaster beauty queen. Pretty cool, huh? Um, Deshaun says, I've been watching those videos all day. That's the 16 hour live probably they're talking about. So Chase Hancock, Cody, you want, you want to jump on this one? Yeah, let's do it. I have a San Francisco deal. I'm assuming uh, with a five-year balloon, is it a bad idea to try and wrap that? I'm figuring not because if they can't refine five years, then it's on me and I have to foreclose. You cannot wrap a deal that has a balloon. It's against the Dodd-Frank uh, laws. So you, you cannot wrap a deal that has a balloon in it. That's something that if you pick that up, you're going to have to either do a lease option with it or keep it as a rental at year four. Look at, you know, look at selling that property at that point. Um, I don't really like the, you know, that market though. Cause I mean, you think about this, it takes you a year to evict the tenant. If you have a tenant in there at year four that you can't get out, then it takes you a year to evict them. Your balloon hits and then your SOL. So don't like yeah, so here's the thing, Chase Hancock, you don't want to do a wrap. So how does Cody know? So is it a bad idea to try and wrap that? No, you don't want to wrap that. You want to do a lease option on your exit strategy or even an Airbnb because at the end of the five years, and I imagine the reason why Chase wants to do a wrap is because he doesn't have the cost to get into the deal out of his pocket. So he's looking for the wrap buyer to bring the money to the table, right? So in that situation, Chase, you either raise private capital, like we do a lot of times, or you bring a JV partner to the table. Cody and I do that quite often as well. Um, we had a partnership last year where a couple of guys we partnered with, um, we just all shared resources for 25 houses we went out and bought together. So you can do those types of things. But Chase Hancock, um, that is a, either a lease option exit, an Airbnb exit, if you're in the San Francisco area. And at the end of the five years, you just sell it on the open market. So at that point, you're running the risk of what happens if Joe Biden makes the economy crash or something. I don't know that he will, but what happens if something bad happens in 2021 and now your property is worth 60% of what you bought it for. And at the end of five years, you can't sell it. Now you will have, you will have a problem. How do you JV on a sub two deal? There's a thousand different ways to JV on a sub two deal. Cody and I buy JV. We buy sub two deals from the sub two students. We help them dispo them to other cash buyers. And we, you know, you can wholesale sub two deal guys. Listen to me. You can sub two, sub two, you can wholesale sub two and seller finance deals all day long. Chase Hancock. He says 5k entry. I should just buy it. Yeah. It's probably not a 5k entry. A 5k, you guys are missing out. I love Paula, 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 I've had like multiple one hour long conversations with you. One of the things I've educated you on is don't ever put your brain in the seller's head. Don't ever, ever, ever put your brain in the seller's head. What it is, is when somebody tells me and Paula, I'm not getting on you. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Um, Chase, I'm going to answer Chase's thing first. Okay. Chase, when somebody says the entry fee, do you know what the entry fee is, guys? My students know this answer very, very well. But there's seven parts to an entry fee. Students of mine that are watching this show right now, what are the seven parts to an entry fee? Number one, cash to the seller. Number two, cash to arrears or liens. Three, cash to a JV partner. Number four, close of escrow cost. I'm gonna type this out and put in the thing, close of escrow cost, um, renovation, 
Number six is um, maintenance. I think a lot of people don't have a freaking clue what that means. Um, and then number seven is marketing. Let's go through this really quick, Chase, so you understand that your entry fee is going to be dramatically higher than $5,000, okay? So take a look in the side chat, guys. I just gave you the seven parts to an entry fee, okay? Number one, cash to the seller. Most people th think the entry fee is the, just the cash to the seller. No, the entry fee, when I ask somebody, what's your entry fee you're trying to get us to buy? Because Cody and I get people sending us deals all the time. Christian Hernandez, by the way, in, this, in the side says, I'm a sub two student, hit me up, okay? Reach out to the sub two students, guys. Um, I use Airbnb as, an ex as exits often. I probably buy one a month. Buying one in Atlanta right now, just bought one in Phoenix, bought one in Vegas a couple of months ago, buy them all the time. So seven parts, okay? Seven parts to an entry fee, guys. Number one, cash to the seller. And I imagine Chase you think that the cash to the seller is your, your entry fee. That is not your entry fee. It's all seven of these items. Okay. So number one, cash to the seller. Number two, cash to arrears or liens. It sounds like your seller probably doesn't have any arrears or any liens. Cash to a JV partner, which you don't have a JV partner on this deal. But now you got to close escrow. Okay. So that's going to be additional on top of the $5,000 to the seller. Do you have a renovation? Do you have a cleanup? Cody, have we ever once bought a property that we did not spend at least $1 on renovation or maintenance of the property? No, never. Never once will you ever, 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 ever buy a property and not have um, items number five and six. It's always going to be 500 to 1,000 bucks. You got to add all that in there. Um, and then marketing to find your buyer, I would say our cost to find a buyer probably is somewhere between 500 and $1,000 on average, wouldn't you say? Yeah, hundred percent. And then, I mean, you have your your closing costs in there too. I mean, even like I see Chase is saying it's cash to sellers five thousand dollars. You still have if you're closing through a title company, you're still going to spend another couple thousand dollars at title. You know, so that five thousand, even if it didn't need any, that property didn't need anything, you're probably going to be looking closer to ten thousand. Right. So a couple things, guys. Um, you see a lot of students in the side here. Okay, a lot, we have a lot of sub two students nationwide, and this this um, mentorship is destroying all of their mentorships. People, if you're a sub two student and you are happy with the mentorship, give me a, a, a deuce, give me a, a heart, show some love in the chat, let people know how awesome this mentorship is. These students are not just taught how to do deals; they're taught how to teach other people how to do deals. So you need to be squatting up with the students. Okay. Um, by the way, most of our deals, I, I, somebody just sent a message or somebody just asked the question, where are most of your deals coming from? Guys, go to, go to um, most of our deals are coming from texting and cold calling. Okay. So if you are texting, I would try out batchleads.io. We use batchleads.io. Um, if you use the code PACE, P-A-C-E, um, Cody and I get like five bucks for that. So I'm always trying to get some sushi money on the side, but we do use batch. We love batch. Um, they're the best industry standard. Um, pricing is properly, uh, prop, uh, like really, really good. And if you use the code pace, you'll get 500 free text messages. Okay. 500 free text messages. Um, let's check it out. Jared Frankum, I don't, I, Jared, you've been following me so long. I'm so confused why you're not a student, to be honest. Um, but you've got George 
um, says, happy is an understatement. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Look at all the people, all the students in the side. Um, thank you, guys. Dude, we have a ton of Hawaiian students. Laura's like, we need to go to Hawaii for um, Christmas to go hang out with your students, okay? Um, so, Eddie Charger, um, I'm going to see you. Jamil and I are coming to Atlanta in, in uh, 10 days, so I can't wait to hang out with you, brother. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's see here. Let's go through this. I want to make sure. Guys, we have a ton of students on the side, so if you are looking to squad up with sub-2 students, all of my sub two students, what you should do is throw up the deuce and then say your city. So people that are not students know who to reach out to, to get some help. Okay. Throw up your deuce. So, so everybody knows you're a student and then throw up your, your, um, your city. So everybody knows. So again, guys, before I move on, this, this has popped up twice. People asking how are Cody and I getting primarily getting our, our deals. I would say three ways we're getting deals. Number one, we use VA Hub for our cold calling. And number two, we use batch leads for our texting. Number three, we use batch driven for driving for dollars. Okay. Uh, tactical wealth. No, I will never, ever sell my paperwork. If you're a student, I give it away to you for free. But I will never sell the paperwork. You've either got a JV on a deal with a student and bring them value um, or you've got to be a student of the, of the, of the sub2.com. That's all there is to it. Um, I'm not going to give you a loaded gun without training you on how to do it. And that's, what, that's why we don't just give that away. Okay. Let's see. Garrett says, I'm a recent sub2 student starting my outreach today, property owners, but I don't have a buyer's list yet. Is this going to be a problem if somebody agrees to sell and I get a good deal? So Garrett, in the sub2 mentorship, we give away uh, buyer's list. We show you how to go out and get buyer's list. Um, what market are you in Garrett, by the way? And I'll give you a buyer's list, a really good buyer's list in whatever market you're in. Um, love this. Students are throwing in their areas. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Eric Clement. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. These shows are a very small taste of the value provided in the mentorship. Don't even ask, don't even question the value. I had no idea what I was getting into. Blew my socks off. Thank you, brother. Really, really do appreciate you. Love you. Appreciate you so much. So um, again, guys, if you're looking for a good texting platform, a way to reach out to sellers, batch leads is how we primarily do our deals. And if you use the code PACE, you get 500 free text messages. Um, Luis, Benitez says, what's the cost to become a student? Billions of dollars. It's billions. It's, it's absolutely billions. It's going to be a problem. Yes. Brian Rice, everybody in the sub two student, um, anybody that's a sub two student, go into our private Facebook group and ask me for um, whatever market you need buyers list in and we'll get you guys set up. Okay. All right. Let's get back to some Q and a guys. Let's get back to some Q and a, by the way, by the way, how dope was Matt at the mentorship this or this uh, mastermind last couple of days from VA Hub, Cody? Matt, Matt is amazing. I mean, he he continuously impresses me. I mean, he's always working on getting better. He's always practicing and sharpening, you know, his acts and just getting better at better at the business every single day. So I, it's 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 been really cool seeing him grow over the last couple of years. Love that. Okay, so um, Borat, just kidding, it says Bo, Bo Roar. Can you explain buying on wrap? 
Well, we're not buying on wraps. We're never really buying a wrap. It's pretty rare for you to buy on a wrap. Would it only work on a property that you're buying sub two, but the seller is willing to hold back a second or um, for a large down payment? Yes. So a wraparound mortgage or what we call a hybrid. Um, yes. So when you buy on a wrap, what are our wrap, uh, most recent wraps? We've got, uh, da- is it Dallas or Colorado? Uh, that we bought them on a wrap? Well, he has a sub two underlying and he also has a second position in his name. So we buy it, we bought it on a wraparound or a hybrid model. So uh, I know, what's Pueblo. his name? Pueblo. No, we sold that we sold that on a wrap. Oh, yeah. I was so the one we bought on a wrap. Uh, hybrid. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. So Colorado uh, seller had a sub two mortgage and then he also had a pretty decent amount of equity, probably $60,000 in equity. And so we just create a second note in his name. And so essentially we make two payments, one to the one to the underlying mortgage and one to him. It's pretty simple. People overcomplicate it, but it's actually very, very simple. Okay. Um, David says, I'm learning so much, damn, so damn much just off you guys dropping knowledge every week. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Um, oh, cost of mentorship, David sub to Sacramento. Bro, you had billions of dollars of credit cards. That's amazing. Um, all right. So let's see. We had some really good questions, but I want to get into this. So cash the seller, cash your rears, cash the JV partner, close of escrow cost, renovation, maintenance, holding cost, and marketing. So guys, when you're sending deals to us, okay, when you're sending deals to us and when we have an underwriter in the Facebook group, okay, um, when we have... By the way, guys, let's see. Oh, hold on. Let's do this. Let's jump into Cody's question. Um, Cody, why don't you jump on this? Hey, Pace, talk about the bank account situation when making the mortgage payments. I understand it kind of also talk about making payments to lien holders like that 10K AC lien you paid monthly. So situation on that uh, in regards to making the payments to the uh, lender, we get servicing set up. So we'll use a servicing company that gets our payments set up. We get a login with our servicer to make sure those payments are being automatically made. Um, and then what we also will do is we get um, for just specifically our subject to deals, we use a servicer typically when we have a hybrid where we're taking a property subject to, and then we're creating a seller finance note as well. But what we'll do is get the seller's login information for their loan so that basically on a property on like our last uh, property we just bought on Des Moines, I have the login where I can log into that account. The recovery questions are questions that I set up with the seller so that I can go in there, update our payment information, download our statements to send over to our accountant for the interest that we've paid on that property. Everything's done on their portal. And then as far as the AC lien that we pay monthly, we just set up an automatic payment uh, with the seller giving us the statement that he was receiving, we reached out to Wells Fargo to set up a payment automatically to draft out of our account on a monthly basis. And that was it. I mean, it's not rocket science, honestly. Love that. Um, so a couple of good questions. Who's that servicer or who would you, who would you recommend? So we have been using a servicer named West star and we are currently transferring to somebody else. Uh, what has Weststar recently done, Cody, that is uh, making us want to switch over? 
They were making, uh, what was it? Wet, they were making us do wet signatures, I believe, to you know set anything up. And a lot of times the sellers that we're purchasing properties from are in another state. So all, it just makes doing the documentation process very difficult um, and very annoying for our, our sellers, You know, having to constantly reach out, hey, we need you to print this out, ink sign it, please mail that over to us so we can turn it into Weststar. So just making that an issue um, and it's not convenient anymore. Hey guys, if you're on YouTube right now, um, you know, we, we, th we've been on here an hour. I think we've probably talked about five or six different topics. Do me a favor. I know that we've got a chat over there, but there's also YouTube comments. Do me a favor. When somebody else is coming along and they want to choose which Sunday service episode to watch, it's very helpful if you guys type in the comments of what was the one thing you took away from the show. Go down in the YouTube comments. Do us a favor. If, we, if we've given you... I had a guy DM me yesterday saying that he's probably made $100,000 from Wholesale Hotline and Sunday Service, and he's never paid us anything. He's just like, thank you, man. Thank you. You, you helped me put food on my table. And I'm like, dude, all I ask is you give us a little bit of love. Aaron Leitz is amazing at that. Aaron also providing a ton of value for people in Arizona. A lot of the sub two students. He's an amazing guy. So... Um, Please, guys, do us a favor. Go in the comment section down below in the YouTube um, channel and just say the one thing that you've gotten value from the most. We have 180 people watching right now. Um, and on my channel where we're streaming, I have 176, 178 people watching. So, guys, please do us a favor and make a comment down below and just say, hey, this is the one thing of value I got tonight so that people watching in the future know exactly um, what this episode has brought in terms of value. So Garrett says, Bo, yo, by the way, Abraham Santana is coming out. He does PPC. He is, um, coming. Well, Jamari put it in the comment section, bro. Don't put it in the chat, put it in the comments, dog. Love you. Jamari is the man, by the way. Um, so we buy houses, Cincinnati West stars actually been really good for us. We've been really happy with Westar. Um, pretty amazing. But uh, we are transferring to somebody who owns a servicing company that also does creative finance. So there's certain things that they'll do that Westar just doesn't quite understand. And once we understand how good they are and how good they are not, we will then refer them out. We've just been burned too many times by referring people out prematurely. Then it comes back and bites us in the butt. So if we're going to give you referral, like, you guys hear us refer out batch, dude, like we would never, I would never refer out like roar and say, Oh yeah, go sign up for roar because roar had a lot of problems and we don't, our dialer, like the dialer, I heard you talking about in the uh, mastermind the last couple of days. You're like, you know what? Our dialer's trash. I don't want to refer it out. I don't like it. We're waiting for a new dialer to come out. And I'm like, I love that. We actually will tell people what is good and what's trash. So yeah. if you guys hear us talk about a, a, a specific topic, and a service and we're you know giving you guys an affiliate link to go get a discount we're only doing that because we know they're good and that's why the servicing company people are like what's the name of the servicing company what's the name of the servicing company we don't want to give it to you until we know it's good so give us yeah. a couple of months we'll we'll let you know um so let's see Jared Frankum Love that. Good job, Frank. You guys need to be squatting up in the side. Please squat up with the side. Discussing what you're doing, not how you're doing it. So not to confuse, overwhelm the seller. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's the old adage of like, 
people don't want to see how the sausage is made. In fact, this is so funny. So that deal on Col- uh, what was it? The most re- recent deal on the West side from Tristan that we bought. Um, Culver. Culver. I go to sign this up to um, contract with the seller and I'm on like page three, right? Yeah. And Bobby's there recording because I'm like, okay, I want to record all of this, exactly how I talk to the seller, exactly how this works with the paperwork so I can give it to the sub two students. Yeah. And then Bob, um, the seller goes, can you just tell me where to sign? I really don't care. Just tell me where to sign. I'm ready to move forward. She didn't want me to go through the paperwork. So sometimes guys, that's how these sellers are. They really, they're just, they're ready to move forward. And if you're, if they understand you're taking over their mortgage, you're giving them a couple thousand bucks, the mortgage stays in their name indefinitely until it basically gets paid off. They really don't care about the other pages. They, that's all they care about. So don't overthink this. Sometimes it's very, very basic. Malcolm, I haven't spoken to Malcolm in a while. I think Cody, you and um, Jeff have been talking to Paula and Malcolm, right? Our private lenders. Yep. Yeah, we send them a video update on Emerald and Acacia every week. Love that. So Malcolm and Paula, let me know, are, is my team treating you well as a private lender? We do appreciate you guys investing in our fix and flips. We always really, really love that. So hopefully you guys are learning a thing or two. Are you putting the private lenders in our Slack, ch- Slack channel to see how it goes as well? Or what, what's the, are they getting educated outside of get, being a private lender? What's that going on? Yeah. So basically, Jeff has done a good job. Every time Anna will give us a construction update, basically what Jeff does is goes and takes the video, sends it right to the private lender. And then, you know, based on some of our lenders don't want those updates, but, you know, for uh, Paula and Malcolm, Jeff sending it right over to Paula and then updates them on, hey, this is the progress or, hey, there was an issue with the flooring. So this is what happened da, 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 and gives like the update of like what happened that over that last week. So they they see that definitely. Um, Cody, I, I'm going to have you answer the next three questions. This one first, um, please tell me what is the answer to this question? The best skip tracing, we've been using batch leads, guys. Like we've been using batch leads uh, to skip trace all of our lists for the last, I mean, literally year and a half. We've been utilizing the, that data provider. So um, that's where we get all of our data from, guys. We, I remember we were like, Cody had a couple of buddies that were starting skip tracing companies and he was like, they were like, oh, well, we're like this much per skip and this much per skip. And the, just the freaking quality was horrible. And at the end of the day, we were spending double for our deals because we weren't getting good data. And the thing is too, on, on the utilizing batches, understanding that you are saving money by using their platform because it's all integrated in one to be able to manage your data and skip trace your data. So if you aren't utilizing it, obviously you have the link there, batsleads.io forward slash pace. What you can do is go on bats leads. You can store all of your lists in one place and then skip trace them in that same place. So that if you're pulling a list from different data providers, you can dump them into bats leads and make sure you're not re-skip tracing the same addresses because that's going to end up causing you to overspend and re-spend money on stuff that you've already skip traced. Super important to make sure that you're keeping your data organized in a platform like batch. Love that. So Keen Edwards said, um, Pace, if you were starting with nothing, no money, no credibility, just your knowledge, how would you get your first deal? Well, you know what, King? There was a moment in life 
where um, I didn't, I had never done a deal before. Okay. So that does exist. It's not like I, I came out of my mother's womb with a hundred wholesale deals done. Like there was nobody to wholesale with inside my mom's womb. I did have to come out. I did have to learn how to walk. I did have to learn how to do all these things. So here's what's cool. In 2021, because this is a common question I get from people. In 2021, Cody, did I tell you about Zero to Hero, the show that I'm going to be doing in 2021? I didn't hear about that one. Okay. So Zero to Hero, here's a show that I'm doing. People ask this question all the time. If you were going to start from day one right now with no money, no nothing, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? A lot of people ask that question and a lot of influencers answer that question. Okay. So I decided I'm going to start a show once a quarter. I'm going to let this, this, um, the Sunday service crowd choose a market once a quarter that I will fly to. And you can, I'm going to get dropped off on a random street corner with $22 and 51 cents in my pocket. And I have to eat. I have to travel. I have to sleep with that $22 and 51 cents until I get a deal. And I have no resources. I don't know anybody. I don't have my cell phone. I don't have any of my connections. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't have anything. And I, all I have is Bobby, our videographer that follows me around and I have to go out and get a deal done. What are your thoughts on that? Would you guys think that that would be a cool show? Would you guys actually turn it, tune in and watch that? Um, I love that. Cody, would you be my video? Would you do that with me and we'd have to sleep on a park bench until we got a deal done? I mean, of course, any, anything for the good content, that'd be fun. Uh, David says, start in Maine. I would love to bro, but I got to choose. I, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go do Maine in the winter time. I'll do Maine maybe in the summertime. Uh, Cody, a couple good questions, um, for you. Uh, let's see, 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 see right here. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, no. So batch doesn't allow you to reskip the same address. So what it does, it'll store all of your data there. So if you already have 123 Main Street, Phoenix, Arizona, and that property, you've already paid the skip trace, you already have the phone number for that property, and you insert a new list that has that same property as a duplicate, all it's going to do is let you know on that property address that it's on more than one of your lists, and you already have the phone number, so you don't need to go and re-skip trace it. Cody... Um, Rob Lacey, I think mis misunderstands, um, what creative finance is all about. Rob Lacey, we have never, and will never refinance a property. That's the beauty of creative finance. We never have to go refinance properties. And then Trico properties, bro, he says that's sick, but 2250 is slim homie. I know that's why I'm doing $22 and 51 cents. Because that that goes into the not slim category, bro. Twenty two fifty one is what I'm looking to put in my pocket. Okay, I would Paula, I would do Seattle, but you would have to be my camera gal. Okay, Zach Shelley, I almost feel like Dallas is too easy because I know too many people in Dallas, and if people knew I was flying to Dallas and I was doing the show, it would be like people would be throwing deals at me. So I want to go and go to a random market where people are like. I don't want people to go, oh, Florida's easy or, you know, this is too easy. I want to go somewhere that people are like, wait, what's the name of the town? How, how do you pronounce that? 
<laughs> and then I want to make sure if I go to the town, the mayor is missing some of his teeth. Like that's oh, the kind of God. town I want to start with. I want the most challenged, <laughs> challenged, challenged city. But Paula, I would love to do Seattle because um, you would have to hold our, our uh, camera. Couple more questions for you, Cody, because um, people are dropping in the comments that you're freaking handsome AF is what one lady just said. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good show. I think um, Zero to Hero would be a lot of fun. Uh, hold on just a second. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, the Kalama family, I appreciate it. You get so much value from this mentorship. Since joining, we are talking to sellers. We are helping people. We have three properties under contract. Amazing. Thank you so much. Walla Walla, Washington. I would do that all day long. Um, let's see. Okay. Would I touch on Novation? 30,000 foot view. It's very simple. Actually, I could do it in 30 seconds. A Novation agreement is primarily, not primarily, it is only used for fix and flips. Okay. We do Novation agreements when um, the deal is a little bit tighter. Guys, we fix and flip. By the way, if you don't understand how fix and flippers make money, go learn how fix and flippers make money. Because if you're in wholesale, okay, if you are in wholesale and you don't understand how fix and flippers make money, it's really hard for you to price out your houses. And then also when I explain a novation agreement, what I primarily spend my time explaining is what fix and flippers do. Because people go, I don't understand a novation agreement. And the reason being is because you don't understand fix and flip. And you don't understand how crappy fix and flip can be when you have to be the one that goes out and get the, gets the funding and all that kind of stuff to get a loan. So a novation agreement is a form of creative finance that allows you to work on the property and repair it to get it ready for the retail market without actually having to buy the property in the first place. That's 30,000 foot view. Okay, that is what a novation agreement it means. I go to a seller and I say, I would love to give you the 180 or 170 or 160, whatever the seller wants. I would love to give you that price, but it's a little bit more than I would want to. It's too much of a price for me to wholesale that. Obviously, I wouldn't tell that to the seller, but I'd say, ah, oh, this is a little bit tighter of a deal. Uh, the margins are going to be really tough if I have to pay for closing costs to buy it, if I have to pay lending fees, I have to pay all these things and whatever, just to get the loan going with my hard money lender. But if you let me work on the property while the mortgage stays in place, then you get your money as the seller. You get your money when I sell it to my buyer. That is a novation agreement. Okay. Um, here we go. Keegan Northrup says, Pace, should I approach landlords for sub two deals in a different manner than owner residents? Um, you know, this is an interesting conversation. Cody, I'm going to let you answer this question. Should I approach landlords different? I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I don't really think there's there's a reason to really approach them differently. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to be, you know, letting you control the mortgage that's in place. I don't, I think people start to overthink, like, do I approach this type of owner differently than another type of owner? we approach them all the same. Our sales guys approach them the same. I mean, the, the tool of subject two is just solving their problem in a certain way. And if that can solve their problem, if they're a landlord uh, and it can solve their problem, if they're a homeowner, it's, it's just a tool in your tool belt. What's what that about this one, Cody? 
What's that contest you guys are doing again? Which contest? VA, First deal? VA Hub. No, we got so, guys. We have so much shit we're giving away all the time. Cody has no clue what we're doing sometimes. Uh, this one is um, the VA Hub inviting people to the Facebook group. Cody's frozen. Um, so sorry, Cody, you're frozen for a second. I don't know what's going on, but let me give you guys the the giveaway that we're currently doing right now is um, I know a lot of people are struggling to have leads. Guys, if you don't generate 50 leads a month or more in your business, if you do not generate 50 leads a month or more in your business, you cannot get contracts. Okay, so you got to ask yourself, how many leads did I get last month? And people go 20, 10, 5, 15, 20, whatever. You have to have 50 leads per contract. Okay. So the most important part of this business is talking to sellers and getting those leads. So Cody and I decided to help out two people. Okay. So what we're doing right now is the people who invite the most people to our creative finance Facebook group on next week. So what would that be? That would be November 15th, Sunday service, November 15th. We are going to, yep, November 15th. We are going to announce two people get a full month of VA Hub virtual assistance paid for by us. We will pay for the VA Hub virtual assistance to cold call for you or text for you, whatever you prefer. And we will also give you 10,000 records for those virtual assistants from VA Hub to call on for you. So you need to... Um, by the way, if you go to the Creative Finance Facebook group, you'll see that we've been tracking. It's very easy to track. We know who's inviting. Facebook actually does that for us. It's awesome. It tells us who's the most active. It tells us who is inviting the most people. So the two people who invite the most um, new members to our Creative Finance Facebook group will get a full month of a virtual assistant to create and generate leads for your business. You guys think that that would be pretty epic? Let me know. I can see you moving around, which means you're not. There you are, Cody. Means you are not frozen at the at the stand, at this point. Um, by the way, guys, if you are not in the Creative Finance Facebook group, there's a link. Cody just put it on the link or put it on the screen. Christian Hernandez, how do you determine a fair amount for you to make in a novation agreement? Christian Hernandez, you need to understand how fix and flippers make money. That is the answer to your question. And you will under, if you understood that, then you would know exactly how to do that. What's fair to give a realtor that brings a cash buyer? Well, add your fee on top, dog. Your, yeah, have them add their fee on top. You just They should just assign it to them. Yeah. If they have a buyer that wants it at 180 and you want to make five grand, it's 185. So check this out. This is a great topic. I really like this. Watara... Lamine, I think is how that's pronounced. Pace, is your main exit strategy on your creative deals you hold lease options? And if so, won't you lose assets in the long run if they execute their option? No. Um, if somebody executes their option for Cody and I, guess what? We don't actually need that money in the equity. So let's say we have a big chunk of equity in a lease option our lease option tenant executes that option, we get a windfall of money and guess what we do? We 1031 that money into the next 
two or three deals. One executed lease option for us will typically generate three more creative finance deal purchases. Guys, remember, we're buying like a rental to two rentals a week on average. I don't know if it was last week, but definitely the week before we bought four creative finance deals in one week that we will hold. Three of them are seller finances. Two of them are seller finances at zero percent. So for us, if we, and by the way, we did have, I, I have it. Zach brought over the closing docs on um, Lindner. So Lindner, we get, we're getting $70,000 on a house that we originally had as a lease option. We got $70,000 back. Where's that $70,000 going, guys? That $70,000 is probably going to go into about three deals for us. And so we will only triple our cash flow when a lease option tenant executes their option. Um, so Zach Shelley, do we use a special link or just tell people to join? So Zach, the way that works is you go to the creative finance Facebook group and you invite members, Facebook will automatically track you. And inside of our backend algorithms, it has a, a pie chart and a, and a bar graph. It shows exactly who the most active members are that are doing the most inventing or, um, the most inviting, sorry, Cody, I'm going to let you answer this. All right. So Claudio says Zillow is taking down for sale by owner contact information from their site starting this week. They will be licensed in every state with MLS. How will that affect realtors and wholesalers? It's not going to affect that much. Zillow is creating their own brokerage. I mean, it's just they're not going to be a data provider for sale by owners. There's multiple data providers you can buy that same data from um, outside of for sale uh, outside of Zillow. Um, and then regards to that affecting realtors and wholesalers with Zillow being a licensed brokerage. Join the club. There's thousands of brokerages. I don't think it's going to affect realtors or wholesalers. I mean, Zillow is a great resource to find basic information on properties that you're trying to get estimations of value from. I don't think it's going to hurt us in any way. Um, It won't hurt. Here's Claudio, by the way, I like Claudio. Him and I just had a one-on-one not too long ago. Super smart guy. Um, Claudio, this is my personal opinion. Anytime a wholesaler calls me and asks me a question, they go, I go, where I already know where they got the lead. They start telling me, you know, we do this enough that I know where these types of leads coming from, come from. They start telling me the story of a seller. And I go, don't tell me you're calling on freaking Zillow Fizbos. Don't tell me you're, how they go. How'd you know that? How'd you know that? And I'm like, cause you sound like you're not investing in yourself. You sound like you're not actually pulling a list. Freaking skip trace the, the seller's information. Stop being a broke ass person. If you're trying to run a business, guys, this is a business. We make millions of dollars in this business. If you're not, if you're not investing in yourself and buying a little bit of information, buying a little bit of seller's information, then, I, then the Zillow crackdown should weed you out. Survival of the fittest is my personal opinion. So Claudio, I do love you. I know that that's a challenge for you individually, but I I personally think that um, wholesalers who this will affect, bro, I couldn't even imagine a world where this would affect you and I. Right? No, not at all. (laughs) Right. Um, Okay. I will let Cody answer this one. How do you feel about running ads statewide in Florida for deals, creative and wholesale managing virtually instead of focusing locally? I mean, yeah, you can virtually wholesale in any market. 
Um, in regards to the ads, are you talking about newspaper ads? Are you talking about Facebook ads? Or what type of ads are you talking about more specifically? I mean, PPC works, uh, which is pay-per-click, Google AdWords. Uh, Facebook ads, they do work. It's not something that we do. They're more, you know, PPC is more of an expensive form of marketing. Facebook ads, I don't know anyone that is really succeeding on that at a high level. And I would be happy to hear from someone that's actually getting four or five deals a month from that. Because every time somebody comments, I'm getting deals from Facebook ads. And then we ask, well, how many deals have you got? Well, I got one and, you know, I've been doing it for a few months and I have a few that might turn. And, you know, it's like, no, that's, I mean, I don't know anyone doing it at a high level. I hear people say they do it as well. And then when, like, I'm going to an event this coming Friday, I'm speaking on stage in San Antonio and there's like 300 people. And then I look at the guest list, right? The people who are also speaking, it's an all day event. And then I have another event that I'm speaking at in Atlanta the week after. And I look at the same things, people that are speaking and what topic they're speaking on. And then this week, actually on Wednesday, I'm going to be on Antoine Campbell's stage and there's like 40 guests. And I don't see anybody that is speaking specifically about how to drive your business and scale your business utilizing ads on the internet. No. <laughs> it, it seems to be something that people do two or three deals and then it fizzles out and the algorithm changes and they're, whole, they're reinventing them, yeah. themselves. It's not something we're really interested in doing. Yeah, no. I mean, when you look at Facebook ads in general, like where, where the election was just, you know, obviously was just happening. You have Facebook ads didn't even work. My friends that are in e-commerce and other industries doing Facebook ads and they know how to do it for those industries on a high level. They're like, yeah, we basically just turned off our ads because they get destroyed because of the election ads. And so it's like you're depending on something that's changing based on algorithms and other people that are pushing Facebook ads. It's just, it's not in our eyes really scalable. This is really, this is a really good comment. This might be my favorite comment for the day because I, I actually hire Chris Chico and in less than 30 days, I, I asked him for my money back. Because it was like, oh, well, we're running stuff, but Arizona is really challenging. I'm like, bro, we had this conversation before I hired you. I told you I'm in the most challenging market. You told me you could do it. Now you're telling me two weeks after you got my money that you can't. So I appreciate what you do. But again, I was very full disclosure. I'm not happy with PPC. I, I don't like it. I, I'm not a big fan of it. And unless somebody can show me consistent work, consistent success in PPC, I'm not going to invest any time, energy, or money, or money into the deal. So Chris Chico is an incredibly smart guy, but I don't know anybody who is consistently scaling a business in Facebook ads. Just, I don't have anybody. Okay. Um, is the 1031 exchange in jeopardy with Biden's election? Absolutely freaking not. It is not. He hasn't talked about that anywhere. Um, I know. And even if he did, are you kidding me? He's got a pass. How yeah. many, how many of those own politicians? This is what's interesting. My wife and I were talking about the election guys. This is what I care about the election. Who cares? People are all hopped up about Trump or Biden or whatever. I, we, Cody and I couldn't care any freaking less. The reality is we are responsible to the people who work for us. And if I spent an ounce of my energy caring about the, 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 the politics, Trump, Biden, whoever, if I spend an ounce of my energy and my time away from my business and building our empire to care about politics, I would be stealing value from my employees. 
It is our job to go build our empire and no politician will ever, ever give a crap about us. So Claudio, freaking amazing questions as always. Claudio's a super hyper intelligent guy. By the way, um, Claudio lives in Boston, invests in Houston virtually. Anybody who wants to, to team up with him, he's an amazing guy. But no, nothing's going to change. The politicians freaking 1031 exchange all the time. How do you think they're keeping themselves from paying their taxes? Democrats as well. D Democrats talk a lot of shit. But then mean, meanwhile, they're all using depreciation to, to lower their tax rate as well. So Republicans are liars. Democrats are liars. Everybody's a bunch of liars in politics. Look, you don't need to know what my political affiliation is. My political affili affiliation are my own people. My own people. My employees depend on me. The children of my employees depend on me. Cody's employees and the children of his employees depend on us to not give a crap about politics. Okay? Just FYI. Um, guys, uh, so Dennis says, how do I secure a seat at your Atlanta event? Sorry, guys. It is for sub two students and Astro students only. I so apologize, but it is Astro students um, Astro students and sub two students only, we will be vibing with in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Claudio always has freaking amazing questions. The, the 1031 exchange is a good one. Here's one Lee Winters asked a couple minutes ago. I really wanted to touch base on is Lee Winters is right guy right here, guys. We, we got about 15 minutes left. Okay. So we're going to wrap up and I want to talk about a couple things, but Lee Winters says, can you run through depreciation clawback? Okay. Also known as depreciation um, recapture. Okay. Can you run through depreciation clawback and how that's avoided on a 1031? If you've got lots of buy and holds, it seems to claw, the clawback makes the passive uh, the massive windfall at the end difficult to realize. So Lee, here's the thing. Cody and I have never purchased property for equity. We buy property for cash flow. Okay. So as we sell properties, those properties continue to 1031 into larger and bigger projects. So we'll get into more and more properties essentially at the end of the day. The tax depreciation, the, the depreciation recapture will never be realized based on the tax strategy we have. Okay. And this is something I go into depth with our CPA. In fact, Cody and I two weeks ago sat down with our CPA for about an hour talking about the depreciation recapture and how the way we have set it up, we will never have to realize that. And our inheritance will not have to worry about the, the depreciation recapture either. So those are things that I teach the sub two students for their long-term buy and hold strategy. But that is a great question. You can set it up so that your depreciation does not have to be recaptured. Leo Guire, politics should ne never have any part of your business. Correct. Um, Brian Rice, you're welcome. Brian Rice, if you are, and Brian, I, we always appreciate your questions, your support. You're an amazing guy. Um, so um, if you're in Atlanta, the week that we're in Atlanta, you are welcome to come by since you are an Astro student. David Chi, where can we learn more about your ATL event? I'm waiting on Jamil on that, but that will be released to the private Facebook group for sub two students and Astro Flip students. Okay. Will Ayarza, my my guy, why are y'all so dope? Mostly because Cody levels us up, bro. That's why. Um, 
Can you spread the cash from a 1031 onto multiple properties? Yes. I We have done a 1031 with our capital that can be spread over three properties. I've heard of people doing it more, um, but I've done it with three personally, and I can't speak to anybody else doing it for more. But yes, you can spread your capital on three or more pro- or three properties as far as I understand. So guys, if you have not made a comment yet, we're going to answer a few questions. Um, but we are going to announce a winner next week. You are, we are going to announce a winner for the people who create the most value by inviting the most people to our creative finance Facebook group. We want more people for you guys to squat up with. We want more people to provide value nationwide. So please do us a favor. Next week, we will be choosing two people that get a virtual assistant from VA hub for 30 days and 10,000 records. Guys, that is going to be announced next Sunday. So guys, give me give me a, a deuce, give me a, a peace sign if you have been helping invite people to that Creative Finance Facebook group. We're trying to get that to a point where there's enough people in every state to help each other out. Cody, what are you working on this week? What's your, what's your main objective this week? Man, this week... Uh... I'm primarily going to be working on our, I'm so excited to not be traveling or have any events or weird things going on this week. So I was just writing out and planning out the week. I'm primarily going to be working on our, you know, wholesaling and fix and flip business and working on uh, putting some more checklists together, some more processes to make our fix and flips run even smoother. And then our wholesale business working on, you know, some of the hiring process and, you know, getting that cleaned up and, you know, with Brittany, um, shout out to Brittany, getting her, uh, helping us get our trainual organized. So going to be working on cleaning up our training process and our hiring process for our wholesale business and just getting that, you know, dialed in even more. So those are, those are the, the main projects that I'm putting a lot of focus into this week and then just making sure that everything else closes and, you know, holding, holding the team accountable. Love it. Are we, are we buying any sub two um, or seller finance deals this week? I think we have two that'll close this week. Cottonwood should. Um, and then I believe Alamo. Alamo should. We might have one more. What about the country club? Zero percent seller finance. Is that still on the table? Yeah, they want to close uh, ASAP. So that one probably this week. Okay. So guys, what we'll do next week, here's the topic of next week's show. Okay, topic of next week's show is we are going to talk about the case studies on those three properties that we are closing on this coming week. Which ones are sub two and which ones are seller finance? Uh, so Country Club is seller finance, Cottonwood is sub two, Alamo is sub two. Amazing. Okay, so guys, we've got three creative finance deals we are buying this week on long-term hold. Next week, Sunday service, the topic will be talk, talking about the case studies of those three properties we're buying. So you guys can understand where those deals came from, what the conversation sounded like with the sellers, um, what lead sources, what list, you know, all that kind of stuff. How much did they cost? How much are we cash flowing? All that kind of stuff. Um, No, all of our creative holds are not in close proximity to us. I have stuff in Atlanta, Texas, Florida, Vegas, and Arizona. So no, they are not all near us. So, um, Man, this was good though. Like we had this mastermind on Thursday. We drove everybody to our fix and flips and stuff and showed everybody. Um, 
that was amazing. I think I know Tristan went, Tristan, how much value did you get from just the day in the field talking about how we actually make our fix and flips uh, process super smooth? Did you get much value from that, bro? Um, okay. So guys, we have a couple of people who asked the question of like RJ Home Solutions Plus says, hey, new to your channel. How do I become a sub two student? Also, Dennis C says, can I get details on becoming a student so I can attend the ATL event? So guys, Look in the chat over there, um, click on the link and that link should take you to signing up with a call with my team to see if you, if there actually is an opening. I know we have a couple of people, Leanna Alcock, you guys will see her um, in the Facebook group and on YouTube. She's an amazing person, brings a lot of value, but the area where she lives is completely sold out and I feel really bad, but it's sold out. That part of the mentorship is completely closed out. So um you got to call and just make sure that it is open in your area. Casey Martin. Oh, Casey, bro. I'm trying. So Casey Martin's trying to sell me that Aplex Cody, but the mm -hmm. seller is um, Co Casey. I'm ready to go, dude. I've got the money ready to go. I want to buy that Aplex. You just got to get me on the phone with the seller and let's get that thing locked up. Okay. I would, I probably we probably won't close this week, but we could probably close first week of December. Okay. Devin Carter, that was, it, bro, it's a lot of fun to hang out with you. I told Devin that he's welcome to come down to our office and uh, bring his business partner. Um, yeah, Devin, you're a solid dude, man. We'd love to hang out with you, bring your partner to our office and let's, let's vibe and get you guys going. Um, okay. So Casey, Mondays are usually pretty tough for me because of wholesale hotline, but I would love to get on a call. Let's um, go back and forth. Let's figure out a time. So guys, we will see you next Sunday. The topic is talking about the three deals that Cody and I are buying and we're going to break them down as a case study. Please, can you guys, because everybody do us a little bit of favor inside the creative finance Facebook group, let everybody know that we are only streaming this on YouTube going forward. We just want to make sure it's all in one chat, makes it a little bit easier. Um, Facebook gets a little bit laggy as well. So please do us a favor when you're in the creative finance Facebook group, working with people, let everybody know that Sunday service is every single Sunday at 7 p.m. Arizona time and it is streamed on YouTube. Cody, you got anything to, to wrap up? I am excited that this is going to be a real life podcast. Uh, we're going to be taking this. This will be the first download uh, that we're going to be pushing over to Spotify and iTunes. So, if you miss this on Sundays, you will be able to, starting this week, be able to uh, download it on Spotify and iTunes. If you're not in the Creative Financing with Pace Morby Facebook group, make sure to join the Facebook group and we will share the uh, podcast information once we get that up live this week. Super excited about that. You know, Thanks for being here, everybody. And we'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week.